Hello, dear listeners. Today is time to have free discussion in our free topic. Today is me, Julia, and... And me, Andre. Yes. Today we are again with Andre sitting here and I hope we'll have a peculiar discussion because I've chosen... I think not an easy topic, but... Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, but we will try to make it more fun and alive. And why did I choose the topic of architecture? Because once I was walking in Budapest and I was watching a lot of buildings which are so, so beautiful there, but they are full of different elements and details. And we can find, I think any of architecture styles there. So I was inspired and I started to think, is there any difference between ancient architecture styles and modern ones? And to my mind, to my feelings, I can say that I prefer more ancient styles like ancient Roman or Roman or Baroque style. Mm -hmm. And for me, modern, I think, lost the soul. So... <laughs> I know that Andre has kind of another opinion. Yeah, so today we will make it like this. Yulia will tell you about <laughs> the styles that she prefers. And then I will try, try <laughs> to reassure Yulia and maybe some of your dear listeners that actually modern architecture also can create this feeling of soul. Mm -hmm. And I will also take the churches, the places uh -huh. where the soul <laughs> lives. Actually, yeah. And we'll try to reassure you. Yeah, it will be an interesting discussion. And so I think we can deep into the world architecture. As always, I love to give some introduction. <laughs> I will explain a bit. Yeah, what is an architecture style? So technically, architecture style is a collection of external influences that shape the materiality. So it's not only mm, the result like we have some building. No, actually architecture influenced by a lot of stuff. And let's try to find out. Architecture style is the method of construction. It's the form of a building, helping it to be identified and characterized in both historical and design terms. And as we will travel today through the centuries and years, I hope you will feel it, dear listeners, that a lot of different forms influence architecture. So it's connected with the culture, with the country, with the history. Mm -hmm. And with the rulers also. Yes. With the regimes. Yeah. So most architecture styles develop and in a lot of cases become superseded over time, is changing fashions, technology, religions also, by the way, we forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, beliefs of people and, of course, material advance because during the centuries different materials were used and that's how the new opportunities in architecture style, new styles were creating through the years. And I will try to take you in a chronological order And we will start with one of my favorite ones. It's ancient Roman architecture. It lasts from 6th century before Christ to 5th century. Of our era. Uh, of our era, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Andre. <laughs> yes, and this style was characterized by its monumentality, lush decorations of buildings, many decorations, and It was striving for strict symmetry. Also, what is interesting, 
the interest of the builders of that century was kind of utilitarian aspect of architecture. Why I'm talking about that? Because, of course, ancient Roman architecture took a lot from ancient Greek architecture. Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah, but we know that Greek put a lot into the religion aspect and they built a lot of different churches, temples. But that's why I'm talking about ancient Romans as utilitarian people. They created not temples, but more like buildings for practical needs. And what is ancient Roman architecture? It's a combination of clear architectural silhouettes and very laconic exterior decoration. So you could see that building was so atmospheric and, I don't know, <laughs> harmoniously blended with the nature, with everything mm. was around. It's so beautiful. And I can say that we have a lot, of course, in Italy of that kind of architecture. <laughs> yes, you can go there. So Rome and you will find a lot. And here I would like to say that, yes, I remember my feelings when first I came to Rome. All of my friends told me, Julia, you will be conquered by the city. And first days I was walking and like, what? But why? <laughs> Because it seemed to me too simple, too gray. All these buildings were so really huge and monumental. And I felt like I was small, small aunt or piece of sand, maybe. Mm, then <laughs> yes. the architecture actually worked to its purpose. Yes. <laughs> and then after two days, I caught this feeling because really the forms and these architectural orders made me feel like I was the part of ancient world and I really loved it. And what I also loved that Romans used actually very simple materials like bricks, not marble, because at that time marble was quite expensive and marble came in the age of Renaissance, Renascimento. So they used the simplest materials, but we still can watch these buildings. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's yeah, still true. alive, yes. Now sometimes um, they construct buildings which could be destroyed in five and ten yeah, years. Really Yes, very fast. But that monumentality, I don't know how to express it, but really that was the point which made me feel that I'm the part of history, not only in my century, but like mm -hmm. throughout <laughs> our lives, even before Christ. And so, interesting, some of the roads are still intact that they built. Yeah. And you speaking about this, you're feeling like an ant. Actually, this Roman Empire's architectural style was then used in other regimes that yes. wanted person also to feel that the regime is like this huge, mm -hmm. huge, big machine and you are just a small piece of it, uh -huh. like the Soviet regime or, <laughs> yeah. for example, the German, the Nazi regime also was. Hitler was one of the fans of mm -hmm. this because all this monumental building, yeah, they really show that the empire you live in is the power and you are just the small piece that doesn't actually <laughs> decide a lot. Yeah, agree. But you know, the difference still between Italy, between Roman Empire and other empires came later is that in Roman Empire, okay, in Rome now, you feel not like you are so useless, but you feel this beauty of this, yeah, it's huge, it's monumental, but still it's beautiful and you don't feel that it presses you. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about this style and about these times. And of course, when you watch all these buildings, you use your imagination and you try to think, okay, how it was in that times. So, for example, you're like the citizen of Moscow. <laughs> when you look at the foreign minister building or other buildings that were built during Stalin period, uh -huh. it's huge, uh -huh. a lot of floors building. Yeah. They 
press you. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Because uh, I'm only pressed near the Gosduma building, which is Russian <laughs> parliament. Yes. This building, actually, with all these small fences, black cars, standing policemen, and the building itself, this color, it feels like it's the citadel of evil, actually. It's really <laughs> hard to walk near it. It actually pushes you. Yeah. You know, this uh, Stalin's building, which made like pyramids, yeah, yes, yeah. these huge ones. I don't know. I was working, actually, not far from the, yes, Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And also this star on the top, <laughs> it's kind of, I don't know, for me, it was the building like after apocalypse. <laughs> so, <you> no, <know>, nobody <laughs> in the streets. Yeah. And it's so gray. And this star, like, I don't know, the lighthouse. So everybody mm-hmm. can go there and hide there. It also has its own beauty, but still it's really, it's pressing me. Pressing. I don't see that much beauty in it. But still, it's just the kind uh, perception of beauty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So very short about Byzantine style, because it comes after ancient Roman and it's connected with the history because the Roman Emperor Constantine I took the capital to Constantinople, we know. Mm-hmm. And from that moment, we can say Roman architecture was spread in such countries as Turkey, Greece, Balkan countries and also South Caucasus in Russia, <laughs> in <laughs> our country. And the most typical buildings for this time were Christian temples, monastic complexes and defensive structures. So Byzantine style, I can't say that it's my favorite one because for me it's more, it's not that huge as ancient Roman, Mm -hmm. but it's more for defensive aims because Mm -hmm. we know that that time it was a lot of wars, everybody was struggling (laughs) with everybody and wanted to invade other countries and other spaces, but still it is beautiful. And actually buildings that time became more complex, more geometrically complex. And in addition to stone, bricks and plaster, they were used a lot of things to decorate the buildings. Mm-hmm. So we can't say that it's just some bricks. No, I can say I love some temples of that time because, yeah, there are a lot in Greece. And when you visit it in the exterior design, you can see it very simple. But inside you will find okay. a lot of gold, yes, a lot of different details. And it looks really luxury and magnificent and also lots of mosaics mm-hmm. when you go inside the church it conceals that beauty inside this massive walls so if you want yeah. to see the beauty you have to go inside yeah and speaking about byzantine architecture first of all we all know how the byzantine empire ended with the ottomans taking <laughs> over so you understand why they needed to protect themselves yeah. because it was like well constantinople nowadays istanbul mm-hmm. it was called the second rome because yes. it was also the center of orthodox culture which then went to the third rome moscow yeah. and also speaking about the churches the saint sophia church i think it's mm-hmm. so called in english nowadays it's made into mosque but mm-hmm. what i love about ottoman empire that they didn't destroy it they just built minarets around it and made it as a mosque and they managed to keep it the status of its changes yes. sometimes it's museum sometimes <laughs> yes. it's again mosque and uh, it's actually the matrix for all the orthodox churches so it was the first church and then all the churches were built on the base of this yes. even, and all russian churches were actually also not all 
but most, most. of them mm -hmm. yeah were built in the construction of saint sophia so if you look like from the top and <laughs> like get get the roof off and see like all these departments these all departments in the orthodox churches even the modern ones they were planted in this saint sophia church yeah and i was inside actually it's really beautiful inside because it's strange mix of islamic culture because yes they a bit made it different they put their details there inside but of course you can find also the faces of saints yes yeah yeah but now erdogan actually changed the status oh, back really? to mosque yeah oh. but they say that they will cover the images because uh -huh. in uh, yes, muslim yes, culture yes. the images aren't prohibited uh, they will cover them during the mm. the prayers but I then see. people still will be able uh. to go in and see ah so they will not like paint it no, or, no, no, no okay no, no. uh-huh because in other case yeah it loses all the sense okay it's very interesting thank you andre i didn't <laughs> know about that yeah So if you want to visit this church, you have to hurry up yeah. <laughs> because, yeah, time is changing. Yeah, and see the cradle of Orthodox religion. Yeah. That's really <laughs> interesting also. Well, next style is Roman style, but I don't know, it has a bit different key features because it developed and we are talking now about 11 and 12th centuries. Roman buildings contains a lot, of course, a lot of features from Roman and Byzantine architecture. I would like to say that it's kind of mix. So still it's a very heavy and monumental style. It was very popular for fortified city castles with powerful walls again and narrow windows and etc. And key features of that style, we can say round-headed arcs, also cylindrical vaults, apses and sometimes some decorations like, I will not give this difficult <laughs> definitions, <laughs> so just some decorations, you can find it. So it's quite uh, simple, but still powerful, monumental. And you can find a lot also in modern Italy, in Germany, I can say. And the brightest example can be Pantheon in Rome. So this temple with the big arc cupola and with this massive walls. So if you are in Rome, come to Pantheon and you will see, you will feel the power of Roman style. Yeah, and these buildings today I will speak mostly about religious buildings. Mm -hmm. All the churches that were built in the Roman style, it was this aim was to show that the God actually like gives you this uh, blessing of uh -huh. His and show the power of God that comes from the top. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you will speak about the Gothic. Yes, it's then the I will next explain one. Uh -huh. how it was. Because it was in this purpose, it was completely opposite to the Roman style. Yes, so it's interesting, yeah, Andrei. So I will start, yeah, and you will complete. So what about Gothic? Gothics is coming in the middle of 12th century in France. And this style is used for large city cathedrals, city government buildings, palaces of noble people and residents of monarchs. Usually they divide like two different types of gothic style English one and like another one <laughs> so it was more popular yes in England in German in Spain and in Italy it came with a bit more difficulties because we know that Italy still is more about beauty and power of beauty of humans but still we can find for example in Milano I think the most famous one Dome made in mm -hmm. gothic style yes in milano also the cologne cathedral the biggest cathedral uh -huh. in europe is also the gothic yeah, yeah. and 
A lot of them we can find in the modern Czech Republic, yes, in Germany, in Spain. So what can we say about Gothic architecture? Gothic architecture, of course, based on the Romanesque style. And I have one story about, I don't know, maybe you meant the same, Andre. I will speak about the, okay, how to say it, godfather of the Gothic style. It was Abbot Suger. He rebuilt the Basilica of the Abbey of Saint-Denis in a new style. It was in the second half of 12th century. And what was the idea that this temple was flooded with light, which symbolized the boundless light from God? So if we're talking about gothics, gothic style is characterized by the huge walls, vertical elements we know, and these round windows. So when you watch at these buildings, I think you feel some, yes, some strange power. Sometimes it scares me when I'm standing near the gothic palaces or churches, but at the same time, it's so beautiful and it's so well detailed, if I can say, the feeling of the height, this pointed arcs which are going high in the sky and these walls and ceilings and light it's amazing so that's what i can say about gothic it scares me a bit but i love gothical churches and i love to stand inside Mm -hmm. because you can see this light coming from these round windows Mm -hmm. and it gives you maybe as some blessing i don't know yeah yeah yeah. in the gothic style you already told about this high and pointing forms and actually, the Gothic cathedrals look lighter than the Roman cathedrals because the walls are not that massive. Massive, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And uh, all these arrows that they show in you how to get up to God. It's not like the God pushes this mm-hmm. his blessing on you, but instead you feel the light, the light in both meanings, uh-huh, like uh-huh, the light, uh-huh. <laughs> you feel light yourself and light from the windows. And these like arrows of the roofs, they help you to understand and your soul to feel how to get up. You like getting on the ladder up to the blessing of the Christ. That's why you feel this light oh, sensation. Yes. Yeah, thank you. Yes, now I caught it. Yeah, because you feel like some power is arising inside you. Yes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And always when I... And I'm that is why you can look at the Gothic buildings and it's like going the small arrows first and mm-hmm, they mm-hmm. get you to the big arrows of roofs. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Now I remember this feeling when you are standing, like you make your chin high up in the sky <laughs> yeah, and you watch all these beautiful details. Also, we can find a lot of sculptures. I don't know how to describe maybe Gargulius. Gargoyle. <laughs> Gargoyle, yeah. It's just amazing. And why I love Budapest Parliament building, it's also kind of gothic, maybe neo-gothic. So I can just walk around the parliament building and I can walk around it like for hours and yes, watch up in the sky and it's an amazing feeling, yes. So God blesses you and with this blessing you are going high in the sky. Well, and next two styles are my favorite ones because also there are a lot of buildings of that styles in Italy, of course. So next 
will be Renascimento. It's the time of revival when all the history, all the culture faced again uh, back to uh, Roman times, to ancient times, to the beauty of human's body. And it was 15th, 16th century. And this style is more popular for city palaces, which we can call in Italian way, palazzo, <laughs> city churches and country villas. And uh, the revival began in Italy and of course spread out all over the Europe. So what was the main thing? I've told you the revival of interest in antiquity. And in architectural buildings, this is reflected in the order of the columns, pilasters, lintels, all these beautiful things we can find on the columns, all these orders. It says about Renascimento. Also, what is important that asymmetrical medieval features change to semi-oval arcs and domes and this more symmetrical way how to, I don't know, how to express the beauty. So antique forms are returning to architecture, but a bit in a new way. So sometimes some historical people say that the Renaissance is a fusion of Gothic and Romanesque styles. So it's very interesting. And well, again, so let's highlight the key features are square buildings, flat ceilings, some classical motifs, a lot of arcs, a lot of domes, a lot of pilasters, columns, Roman-type columns, and, of course, some kind of courtyards, maybe arcades and vaults. And I can give you an example. We can find such a church, such a temple in Firenze, Florence, in Italy. It's Santa Maria del Fiore. And I saw it by my own eyes. And what I can say, it's amazing. It catches your breath and you can watch for hours because just it's beautiful. I don't know how to describe <laughs> because you have to watch it by your own eyes, really. Yeah, and uh, if you're really interested in the Renaissance, just remember to think about the century and years that not only the buildings but also the paintings were created mm -hmm. because independence of that it was different periods of renaissance during the renaissance <laughs> so you can see different uh, thinking of god and uh, of religion in all these paintings and buildings and the characteristics and some of the key features of these paintings and buildings they will differ even in this like renaissance yeah, one period yeah. yeah we know it's like early renaissance and later renaissance and the middle one yeah yeah so uh, there are a lot of different details about it but yeah if we talk about that we will not finish today so that's why i offer you to move to baroque style and it will be the last one from me today <laughs> and then i will <laughs> pass the word to you andre because i really okay. want to know of course about more than once so what about baroque i think the baroque style well also it's my favorite one because it's full of different illusions moldings and bending details and this style is characterized by such buildings like palaces with the huge park ensembles, with pavilions, with churches, with monastery complexes. But it's so different from Roman style, from this 
classical lines because it's beautiful. The main aim was to make you feel like you are in illusion. So to give you another vision of architecture, of beauty. And sometimes people say that Baroque style is development of the Renaissance. So it's characterized by large colonnades and variety of sculptures, pilasters, and also presence of these Atlanteans. So a lot of, yes, different details, which are not actually details. It's the huge sculpture, but you can find the sculpture on the facade of the building. I can say that the Baroque style you can find also outside the streets uh, in Rome. You can just go passing by, I don't know, some street and you can see the basilica inside the building and you will understand that it's Baroque because it's bending, it has a lot of sculptures, it gives you the feeling that you are in another reality. And the most famous example, it can be San Pietro in Vaticano because the Baroque style was the most favorite also of Vaticano and it, it was born there. So if you want to enjoy the Baroque style, you have to go to Vaticano and you will find there a lot. And for me, Baroque is not one of the, my favorite styles because sometimes it overuses small details and luxury details. Uh, I and see, it's, I uh, sometimes it feels like it's only for those who are the privileged people, uh, not for the usual ones. Or you mean also that like it's overloaded, yes, with yeah, all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, and, and it shows mm-hmm. you that uh, you <laughs> can't have the bar- Baroque in your <laughs> apartment. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah. But why I love Baroque, you know, because when you enter such kind of basilicas, churches, you feel there inside also not suppressed but you feel some mm, positiveness inside you because sometimes you enter the churches and as we said okay for example Roman churches are very massive and sometimes it like presses you okay in Gothic churches you feel some blessing but still it can scare a bit with the details with some pointed and sharp forms but in Baroque basilicas you feel like totally blessed (laughs) so it's so (laughs) yes it's so bright it's so light it's so positive inside but I agree yes maybe sometimes you will find a lot of different details also marble golden things a lot of sculptures so maybe yes you are watching all of these things and think oh my god so (laughs) if you need to speak to God, you have to go to kind of, I don't know, shop, because it really sometimes <laughs> looks like shop, yeah. <laughs> choose any sculpture inside. But yeah, <laughs> okay, it was a joke, but I understand the feelings. Mm-hmm. Okay, Andre. so that was my small excursion <laughs> into the ancient world. But what about modern things, modern architecture? Uh, I won't start with the modern things. I will continue a little bit uh-huh. your line of okay. the past <laughs> and speak about one of my most favorite and I think one of the most special churches mm-hmm. of Russia. Today I will speak about churches only. So I guess now we're losing the audience that are, uh, <laughs> we are going more raging atheists. Religious <laughs> yeah. motives. Yeah, but so still. I will speak about the cathedral of Vasily the Blessed mm-hmm. or in Russian it's Sabor Vasilia Blazhenova as everybody knows it but it's so actually dedicated to Mother Mary and it's an Orthodox church in the Red Square of Moscow and it's actually sometimes look like this candy house mm-hmm. because of the colors that is used and it's actually you can say that it's one of the most popular cultural symbols of Russia. The building is actually now a museum and it's officially known as the Cathedral of the Intercession of the Most Holy Theotokos on the Mode or Pokrovsky Cathedral. So 
and Pokrov is one of the names for Mother Mary in Orthodox Church, at least. It was built from 1555 to 1561 on orders from Ivan the Terrible, about whom we spoke in the world politics, <laughs> yes, yes. and commemorates the capture of Kazan and Astrahan. It was the city's tallest building until the completion of the Ivan the Great Bell Tower, 1600. The building is actually shaped like the flame of a bonfire rising into the sky, and this design has no parallel in Russian architecture. Mm -hmm. Dmitry Shvitkovsky, in his book Russian Architecture and the West, states that it is like no other Russian building. Nothing similar can be found in the entire millennium of Byzantine tradition from the 5th to the 15th century. A strangeness that astonishes by its unexpectedness, complexity, and dazzling underliving of the mainfold details of its design. The cathedral foreshadowed the climax of Russian national architecture in the 17th century. And why it is special for me? Because maybe I think it was special also for the Soviet Union authorities because a lot of churches were blown up, mm -hmm. like, for example, the Church of Christ, which oh, yes, then, yes, then mm -hmm. there was the pool, then mm -hmm. they rebuilt it. They didn't destroy it. They turned it into museum. In some movies, like I Walk in Moscow or Yashagaya <laughs> Pamaskvia, ah, yes, yes, yes. mm -hmm. there is a tour where the guy tells about uh, the Cathedral of Vasily the Blessed. And it feels like they felt the power that this church has and it wasn't destroyed. So you still can feel its sanctity and its holiness because you come in and everything is just like it was built mm -hmm. back then. And this is really amazing. And one interesting detail about it in the base of the building there is a star formed by all these towers that are surrounding the main tower and on the top of the building there are also drawn some stars and as you know maybe yes. one of the saint uh, scriptures mm -hmm. it is written that mother mary herself is a ladder which legs stand on the ground and head is up in the sky and with this ladder you can climb up from our world ah, to the holy world uh -huh. yeah and here you can see that this church of mother mary there is a star a symbol of mother mary mm -hmm. in the base mm -hmm. and the stars on the top so her legs and her mm -hmm. head so oh, here that's is some actually, yeah, that's an interesting detail <laughs> some, some of what yeah mm -hmm. i researched some time ago <laughs> but now i will move us to the nowadays uh -huh. okay <laughs> yes and first i will speak about the united states of america mm. and the christ cathedral or crystal cathedral it's an american church building of the roman catholic diocese of orange located in garden grove california it is built from the reflective glass by the firm of philip johnson and john burgi architects which seats 2248 people so it's also a really massive building mm -hmm. the church was touted as the largest glass building in the world when it was completed in 1981 the building has one of the largest musical instruments in the world the hazel wright memorial organ until 2013 the building was the principal place of worship for crystal cathedral ministries now shepherds grow and congregation of the reformed church in america well now i'm watching the pictures and it looks really unusual yeah i mean it yeah. looks like 
You know, also some illusion when you are, for example, somewhere in the desert and you see <laughs> the oasis, but <laughs> it's not the real one. Oh, really? Uh, I think we will show this picture to, yeah, to yeah, our yeah. listeners. Construction mm. of the Cristo Cathedral began in 1977 and was completed in 1980 and built at a cost of $18 million. The signature rectangular panes of glass comprising the building are not bolted to the structure. They are glued to it using a silicone-based glue. This is another measures are intended to allow the building to withstand an earthquake of magnitude 8.0. The building was constructed using over 10,000 rectangular panes of glass. Actually, when we were studying the this holy architecture in mm -hmm. the university, the professor explained it like this, that people flew into the space and the other arts were moving on and people started to see the world differently and the church, if it wanted to survive, they had to also change their designs to give mm -hmm. people this feeling also of maybe some magic or maybe of some space or yes. some connection with the, with the nature. So that's why the churches, at least in the West, they started to rebuild because nowadays I think the Orthodox churches are still built mm -hmm. like they were built in the 15th century. So, the other church is the Church of the Holy Cross in Denmark. And this text description actually provided by the architects. The Church of the Holy Cross was conceived as part of the landscape around Gilinje. Gilinje is a town located on the eastern shores of Roskilde Fjord, midway between Roskilde and Frederiksund, Roskilde municipality some 40 kilometers west of Copenhagen, Denmark. The original fishing village is surrounded by large areas of single-family detached homes, and this church has glass facade facing mm -hmm. the fjord and the fishing net. Again, speaking about the fishing mm -hmm. village where it was built, fishing net divides the space of the church and the design clearly takes the history of the place seriously. The place has an emotional power with its special topography that seems to make time stand still and lets thoughts follow the horizon of the landscape as the link between the earthly horizontal level and the boundless sky that encloses it all. This is a place with many layers far beyond what is physically present. The body of the church was conceived as part of the landscape. From the outside, the volume of the building is experienced as two solid stones that form a composition with ecclesiastically overtones. A composition in which the emphasis is on the nave of the church, with the church in dialogue with the old church to the southeast. With this dominating view of the exterior, the interior shape of the church is experienced as an extension of the landscape divided in two, summing up the earthly and the heavenly, which churches usually do. The body of the church can be further divided along the line light falls into the interior using a transparent textile woven with the net structure. This helps when the nave of the church is extended in a northwesterly direction to end in the scenic amphitheater structure that provides seating for outdoor events. The central aisle through the church extends out into the intimate scenic space formed naturally between church interior and the amphitheater structure. This means the church ceremonial events can be extended out into the landscape in contact with the fjord and the sky above, a range of elements that combine to create a clear identity of the church in this special place. And looking at this church, it actually doesn't look really special from the mm -hmm. outside. It actually looks like a like they said, like two stones mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. it really connects with the nature and gives human maybe this feeling that it's also part of the nature which churches also should do maybe nowadays and people should feel that all the nature around is the 
God's creation and also mm. the church yeah, the is way. like the <laughs> house of God. So this is the main idea. Like it shouldn't be that special. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So moving on. And now this hard Icelandic words. <laughs> because next church is in Iceland. It's Hallgrimskirkja. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's a different church of Iceland. Parish church in Reykjavik. It's 74.5 meters high and it's actually looking like a rocket ship because it has a huge tower in the middle and mm -hmm. then from it the facade goes downwards like the wings of the spaceship. So it feels like at some point maybe some engines will turn on and people will fly in this church up <laughs> in, uh -huh. in the yeah. sky. Yeah. Church houses a large pipe organ by the German organ builder Johannes Gleis mm -hmm. of Bonn. And also it's used as an observation tower. An observer can take a lift up to the viewing deck and the Reykjavik and the surrounding mountains. The church is still used today for modern service and weddings. And it's mm -hmm. also situated on a hilltop near the center of Reykjavik, which keeps the tradition of churches being built on some hills and being one of the tallest buildings in the surroundings. And the church is one of the city's best-known landmarks and is visible throughout the city. State architecture Gudjon Samuelson design of the church was commissioned in 1937. He said to have designed it to resemble the trap rocks, mountains and glaciers of Iceland's landscape. It actually looks somehow like the these glaciers, yeah. which also can connect you with the nature. But in my view, it's for me it more reminds of this spaceship. Yeah, that it's more like the spaceship on. of the future, I think. Yes. And especially it's very beautiful with the lightning zone. And oh my god, oh my god, I want <laughs> to go to Iceland to see it by my own eyes. Yes, and the final one because we are running out of time, and <sighs> actually there are a lot of beautiful churches, oh my god. even in. Russia, there are some interesting churches that don't look like churches Orthodox uh -huh, church, uh -huh. yeah. But I will finish with the Japanese building. Ooh, it is called okay. the Church of Light. It's a small structure on the corner of two streets at Ibaraki as a, a residential neighborhood. It is located 25 kilometers north-northeast of Osaka in the western foothills of the Yodo Valley Railway Corridor. The church has an area of roughly 113 square meters, about the same size as a small house. Mm -hmm. It was planned as an add-on to the wooden chapel and minister's house that already existed at the site. And actually the Church of Light doesn't have something really, really special about its interior because it consists of three 5.9 meter concrete cubes mm -hmm, penetrated by a mm -hmm. wall angled at 15 degrees, dividing the cube into the chapel and the entrance area. And the main thing about this church is that in one of the walls you have these, not holes, but lines yes. that are not <laughs> filled with anything and it's they uh, create the shape of a cross. Uh -huh. So the light goes into the building throughout this holes let's yeah, call it holes, holes yeah, yeah actually it's uh, holes <laughs> through its holes and because of this form of the cross, cross it really feels like the light not just shines through it but it feels like the light flows through it mm -hmm. and these small details shows actually which also supports my beliefs that it's not needed to be the rich and huge buildings mm -hmm. but even in these small details there is God and the architect who created it, Tadao Ando, and mm -hmm. uh, he created this building and this building is actually, for me, also modern and also shows that even if the 
exterior isn't that huge and beautiful, just usual one and interior isn't also nothing super special still like this small detail with the cross of light is very very beautiful yes andre thank you for this excursion into the world of churches because i was checking <laughs> while you were telling these details about it and we will put all the pictures i think for our listeners it really deserves to be seen by your own eyes we were experiencing the world today <laughs> yeah. it also we could can be... feel two programs with, yes. with one yeah so <laughs> we will see but for today and Unfortunately, we ran out of the time and we could continue this discussion endlessly. But for today, we are saying to you goodbye, dear listeners. If you love the program, so share it and put your fingers up, thumbs up. And see you in a week on Mushtar FM. Today with you were Julia and Andre. Goodbye. Bye-bye.